What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 147. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? It's hump day, man. It's just, just a, it's so, like another day bleeds into the next. It's just, ah, give me, give me something. I need something. I need something. I like. I don't know hockey back any sport being actually back like that I like I know soccer is back but the Premier League isn't I don't want really watch Bundesliga so I don't really follow it that well it's just I need I need something man I need, I, I've, I've watched all my TV shows twice uh, I'm watching hot ones I don't know if you've seen that yet on YouTube it's fantastic uh, I love that show that's when like the celebrities eat hot wings and answer questions right exactly it's delicious oh, it looks delicious I should say Love me some hot sauce. I don't know if I could do well, but I, I fancy myself that I could do well enough. I don't really do all that well with spicy foods. Like I like wings, but anything over like relatively mild on the on the hot sauce, it, it, it does me in. Right. Okay. Well, I, I don't. I don't think I could do like the the, the later ones. I think I'd, I'd bow out after that. But I had to like the fourth one probably. But that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. Man, I would love to try. I would love to try. <laughs> that sounds so good. I, I drool. When I think of Spice, like he had one episode where he talked with uh, Chili Klaus and it's this like Norwegian guy that loves chili peppers and they just ate like the hottest chili peppers there and I was drooling. I don't think I would like to do that. I saw them in pain, considerable pain while they're eating it, but I was like, mm, my mouth thinks it wants that in, in there. So like, you know, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, we'll give it a <laughs> shot. Why not? <laughs> I might die, but you know, the mouth wants what it wants. So you got to give go. it what it wants, right? I guess so. I think that's how it works. That's going to be a dumb rap song. Someone's going to cut that and put it in a rap song or something like that. The mouth wants what the mouth wants. <laughs> just over and over. God. What's going oh, on boy. with you? Not a whole lot. I can't really top that. That, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, but like you said, it's just like another day in the same routine. I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in a rut after a while of in the quarantine. It is. I don't know what to do. Like, I thought of maybe picking up a video game, 
like a different video game but like i don't really have time for that i've only got like the ones that i do play and then adding another one on top of that forget it it's not gonna happen yeah that's that's a commitment for sure and uh hey i I get it it's not you know it's not an easy thing but what we're gonna do we're gonna hold off like we have been doing on announcing who this podcast is dedicated to we got the quiz later on so mitchell quiz me on someone who played 47 games for the islanders Instead, we are going to start with uh, some good news, Mitch. The Islanders were back on the ice practicing in small groups. Mind you, not full groups. But we saw a couple of different groups so far at the practice facility, which is a great sign. Yeah, so two small groups. Uh, They can't practice in larger groups than six, although I've seen the Toronto Maple Leafs practicing in groups of 20. Of course, leave it to the Toronto Maple Leafs to not understand something. Mm -hmm. Um, They they don't seem to understand that you can't practice with more than six, but apparently they're doing it. Although I'm sure they're like, but but hey, we're we're, we're six feet apart, eh? Hey, come on, like six feet apart, eh? Just A's all over the place. Uh, But six groups of six. There have been two groups that have shown up already. Uh, and the the, t- the players are coordinating all of this, right? Like, this is completely voluntary. This mm-hmm. isn't mandated by the team. Coaches cannot be there. This is just to get them back on the ice and get uh, get get them feeling right on their skates. Right. Uh, so the first group was Bailey, Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin, Thomas Grice. And then the, gr- the second group that showed up was Scott Mayfield, Devin Tace, and Chris Gibson. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that Chris Gibson was there. I think it's he's the only other goalie that's in the area, right? Like Varlamov, as far as uh, Staple was saying, isn't in uh, on Long Island. He could be anywhere. They don't really. He doesn't know where he is. And it's not to say like they're, he's lost. Like it's not going to be a Carmen San Diego situation for Varley, but he yeah. could be back in Colorado or something, or he could be back in Russia. Either one. Yeah, no, that that that's true. I I don't know when I just saw the the names in the small groups that like Chris Gibson wasn't one of the first guys that would have came to mind for me. No, that's true. But I think he's in the area, right? So like he probably in Connecticut or something like that. So it's not it's not too far to to get over. And he's probably going to be part of the taxi squad anyway, so it, it make it makes sense to just bring yeah. him in. Yeah, I would imagine so. And I I mean, this is just it's a very very small step, but it's the first step. So it's definitely something that you know, we could be excited about. Yeah, because they they are practicing. It's nothing crazy. They're just you know getting used to the, the puck on the ice or the skates on the ice and taking a few shots and just not really doing drills per se, but getting themselves into a, a place where they're more comfortable being on the ice. Because they've been off since March, right? Like March twelfth is a, is when they canceled or suspended the season. So March, we're almost three months from that. That's a long time to just sit and do nothing when they're they're going at it day in, day out, right? Like, they are constantly skating, constantly on the ice. You stop doing that for three months, yeah, you're going to be a little rusty. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, yes, they are professional athletes, and, you know, they've been on skates their entire life, but you you have to get back into your routine and get back into playing shape. Like we talked about in the past, being on the Peloton is great, and, you know, riding the bike or whatever is great, but it'll only get you so far and you have to get your legs back under you and stuff like that. All those cliches. It's true. It sounds very cliche, but it's all the truth. But it's a cliche for a reason because it it is truth, right? Like I go through it. You go through it. Everyone goes through it. You put your skates away for the summer. When you go back on the ice, 
and I'm not a professional hockey player, but you go back on the ice in like January or something like that. It takes you a lap or two to just start feeling comfortable again, at least. And that's that's to get to my base level, which is nowhere near like a Josh Bailey or or anyone else or like a Nick Letty. Right. Like these guys are really good skaters and I'm a pretty good skater. That's about it. Like it's not going to take that long for me to get to my peak level, whereas for them it's going to take a little bit longer. So I, I, this is like you said, a step in the in, in the right direction. Not only because they're skating, but because we could adhere to uh, health protocols, right, from the state level and federal level, and the same thing over in Canada where they can do so on the provincial level and federal level, uh, where they can meet those health standards and still practice. That is that it. That is the the good news. The practicing is great, but the good news is that they can do it safely. That's what helps. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a key thing. And we talked about it when we found out that someone on the Pittsburgh Penguins got the virus. But the the health and safety of the players is something that's extremely important, something that the NHL is going to have to look at extremely close over the next couple of months, even before games get underway. And... I'm glad that they're taking it slow. Like, it's not like, hey, we're just going to just go back to normal right away. No, they're taking the in- incremental steps that are truly necessary in order for you to get to that point where games could be played again. That's right. And all these guys got tested, I believe, before they took to the ice just to kind of clear them out uh, to make sure they don't have anything. And they didn't. So they're already uh, ramping up that that testing infrastructure. So. Hopefully it'll be in place. I'd imagine it will for when, you know, they actually start playing games. Yeah, absolutely. So that's definitely, you know, a good sign. And that was the most newsy thing that came out this week. So we kind of wanted to get that one out of the way first. Yeah, there's not a whole lot happening this week. Well, there there is one thing, I guess, like we that we don't have in the running order. We should probably talk about that, I guess, uh, the Sorokin news. Yeah, let's get after it. So we can hit on Sorokin briefly now if you want. Uh, so Ela Sorokin switched his North American agent and um oh god why did I just blank out on his name Dan Milstein thank you yes he's this guy's been like blacklisted from the KHL supposedly he has he cannot sign deals in the KHL he and a few other ones um Theo Hall I forget his name it's a Greek sounding name um Theophanis I think is his last name something like that uh, there's a group of like three or four agents that cannot sign deals in the KHL because they're like, we don't want you signing deals for us. Um, so they're they're just signing North American players, and that's it. Yeah, I I know that he has a, an agent over there and then had a previous North American agent, but I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but I feel like this is a positive sign. Like, why would you switch your agent if you didn't anticipate needing that agent to begin with? Right. So that that's the thing. Right? Like, we can all say, like, wow, oh, it doesn't really mean anything today. No, no one is saying, like, he, oh, he's going to sign today. Oh, my God, he's signing. Mm-hmm. No, it's going like, well, the intention is clear. That's all this means is that the intention is really clear. Because for a lot of people, the fact that he was signing a deal or, or talking about a deal with the C- with CSK Moscow meant that, like, oh, he's done. He's not coming here. It's over. Well, hold the phone a second here. That's not necessarily the case. The Islanders hold his rights forever uh, unless he signs a deal with someone else, which I don't that unless they trade his rights, I guess. Um, Or he signs a deal with another league, right? Like in the SHL for some stupid reason. I don't know why he would do that. 
but they hold his rights and he's, he wants to come over to North America. That's all we keep hearing because the money's there. Look, the KHL is implementing a salary cap next year at 12, sorry, 13.1, I think it is. It's 900 million rubles, which is about $13 million American. That's the cap for the team. For the team. So, like, he's going to make probably $2 million. Not even. He might not even make that because of the, the cap situation there. The money is in North America. Of course he wants to come to North America. And he, yes, why would he not come to the Islanders? Of course he wants to come here. Right. And as we mentioned before, not only is that the team that drafted him and, like, if he, they hold his rights, but he could maximize his value by working with some of the best goalie coaches in the world in Piero Greco, Mitch Korn, who have had the reputation of, you know, working with these goalies and getting tons out of them going, you know, back for decades at this point. Dominic Hasek, uh, Braden Holtby. Uh, God, why can't I think of his name Pecor- in, in Nashville? I can see his Pecorine. face. Can, thank you. Pecorine. Uh, and I, I know there's other ones, uh, like any look at what they've done with what are arguably lesser talented goalies, right? Like, it's not to say that Robin Leonard isn't a good goalie, Thomas Grice isn't good, or Simeon Varlamov aren't good goalies, they are good goalies. But arguably, um, Ilya Sorokin is going to present a higher talent level than all of those goalies. You work within that system, what do you you can get a 925 save percentage goalie year over year? <laughs> That's insane. Why yeah, would he not want to come to do that? Right, and we know how crazy the goalie market is. If you put up those kind of numbers, you could be looking at a Bobrovsky-like contract in a few years. Exactly, and that's 10 times. Well, maybe not 10 times. Let's say eight times what he was making before. Again, he was making $1.428 million American last year in the KHL, not including bonuses. I'm not including bonuses in that because I don't know what they are, mm-hmm. and who knows if he met them or not. But even then... Uh, those bonuses, they can't be astronomical because, again, the salary cap. According to the KHL salary cap, any bonus over 20% of a salary counts towards the cap. So they can't okay. be tossing money to him. They can't be tossing money to this guy. So it just makes sense to come over to North America. It just does. Yeah, man, I'm with you on that. And uh, I think that is a positive sign. And, again, it's not necessarily guaranteeing that he's signing right now. But I think it shows that his intention is to come over. And I, my needle hasn't really moved too much thinking that he's going to go back to the KHL. No, and if he does go back to the KHL, it's not going to be long-term. It really isn't. That's why we keep hearing it's a one-year deal, right? Like, he's not looking to move or to, to go and sign a five-year contract with CSK Moscow. Again, the money just isn't there. It's a one-year deal to be like, guys, I don't want to sit on the sidelines. Like Arthur Staple has said and anyone else has said, I don't want to sit on the sidelines from March when the KHL season ended, uh, was was actually canceled, till when the NHL season, the 2020 NHL season starts in maybe January. That's a huge gap. That's seven months right there. Not even, that's 10 months, sorry. That's a huge gap of time. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And that's why, one of the main reasons why I feel like he's holding out and hasn't signed in either the NHL or the KHL is because... We don't know if he can sign in the NHL for this year or not yet. That's still up for debate with the NHL and the NHLPA. Yeah, of course. That's that's stopgap number one. Until that is resolved, he's not signing a deal. It's just not happening. So we know that. And that, that no one is saying when he because he changed his agent, oh my God, he's ready to sign today. He wants to sign this right now. 
I know I tweeted something to that effect, but it was in all caps for a reason. Because it wasn't seriously coming out of my mouth as like, this is a, a clear hypothesis of what the situation is happening. It's not the thing, right. the case. Um, he's just changing his agent probably because he can probably get more money. Just really it. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. And it's, uh, again, it's something that hasn't come to fruition yet, but it, I think it's a positive sign. No, Mitch? I 100% agree with your take there. 100%. All right, so when we come back, what we're going to do is get into three candidates who could surprise in the playoffs. What's going on, Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson with you? We're talking Islanders hockey here on the 147th episode of the Eyes and Isles podcast. Now we're getting into three candidates who could surprise in the playoffs. Mitch, I know you wrote it this past week. Let's take it away. Uh, uh, player number one, I don't know why I was like, uh, uh, oh my God, I wrote it. I know it. <laughs> Anyways, Derek Broussard, number one. It's like, I don't remember what I freaking wrote. Number one, Derek Broussard. For obvious reasons, Derek Broussard isn't really the name that you would, that would jump out at you as a top producer in the playoffs, right? Because he hasn't been a top producer in the regular season. Right. But there was that window of time at like late November to end of November, uh, sorry, late October to end of November where this guy was on fire, right? He had like 12 points in 15 games. Yes. Between October 24th and November 21st, 12 games, he scored 15 points. That's 47% of his production throughout the year. Wow. That, that's so if insane. It, if he gets reunited with Nelson Bow on that second line, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it would be a pleasant surprise if he does. No one is going into this playing around with, with Florida and any other subsequent round after that going like, Derek Broussard, baby, that's my man. He's going to carry this team through. No, no one is saying that. But there's a possibility that he could put something up. He could be that guy that just kind of, you know, you have your, your top tier guys. And if they don't score, this guy comes in and, and pulls through like the Pittsburgh Penguin did a couple years ago. Right. They had the HBK line carry them through the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And sometimes you need it to be one of those guys who you don't expect, like you said in that instance with the Penguins. I know last year wasn't particularly great for him in the playoffs. He had just one point in nine games. And the year prior with uh, Pittsburgh, he had four in 12. But previous to that, he's been stellar in the playoffs. 11 points in 19 games and 17 in 16, four points in five games, 16 and 19, 12 and 23, 12 and 12. He kind of has that history of performing well, you know, when the pressure's on. Well, that's why the Pittsburgh Penguins acquired him from the Ottawa Senators, right? He was arguably the best center, playoff center available in the league at that time, and they went and grabbed him. Uh, didn't really pan out, but they tried. Um, if I, I would put money down on Derek Broussard being a surprise performer in the playoffs. I really would. Because it just, you've seen it happen already this season. In, in the, When everything is going well for the Islanders, everyone is healthy, and Derek Broussard plays on the wing, things happen for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who's next on your list? Nick Letty. Nicholas Lidicus. I don't, that's not his actual name. It's just Nick Letty. How come Nick Letty? But he's He's due. He's due. He's due to do something, right? Like, he hasn't been a good player offensively since, like, November 2017. The second Doug White said Norris and Letty in the same sentence, poof, tanked. Done. 
Like, well, I don't know what happened. Did just the pressure was too much for him and he never recovered? This is 2017, Lenny. Come on, but it was three years ago. Close to three years ago. Like, let's let's get this going. And we saw, again, not like Broussard, but we saw Nick Letty perform at the level that we're used to in terms of moving the puck north-south, right? Or east-west, I guess you want to call it. Uh, we've, we've seen him move that puck, and that's what he's excelling at, or what he excels at, sorry, is moving that puck out of a dangerous situation in the defensive zone and into a dangerous situation for us in the offensive zone, and typically getting on the end of, of, of a helper on that play. That's what Nick Letty does, and he does it better than, than most players in the league in, in just terms of transitioning. And we saw him being able to do that near the end of the season. I would expect healthy, rested, and with everyone else, so he will be able to do that. Okay, you kind of sold me on that one. I wasn't so sure. I could understand where you're coming from for the Broussard one. Letty kind of caught me by surprise, but I think you sold me on it. You also have to figure he plays minutes, right? Like, he might be on the third pair, and I'm using air quotes here, third pair, but he's the third in terms of minutes for all defensemen. And even then, mm-hmm. he's one second back of Adam Pellick. To be fair, Adam Pellick hasn't really been around for most of the season, so you got to remember that. But he still has minutes, right? Like, no one else is coming and, and taking up that, that mantle. It's been Nick Letty. Yeah, no, that's a good point. He is going to be on the ice for probably close to 20 minutes every night in these playoff games. And expected to do exactly that, move that puck out of the defensive zone and into the offensive zone. So, third one I've got is Andrew Ladd. Really? So... <laughs> What I'm saying here for Andrew Ladd is I assume he's getting ice time. He's going to be on the team, whether that's taxi squad, squad or not. But when you build your lineups, are you really putting Michael Del Cole third line left wing? I if you would. have a healthy Andrew Ladd. I wouldn't. You wouldn't put Michael Del Cole in? No, I, I wouldn't. I would not put Michael Del Cole in. No, I don't, I don't know many people who would. Yeah, okay, his game is, is maybe okay defensively, but so is Andrew Ladd's. Andrew Ladd is a pretty good defensive player when healthy. This is all predicated on the fact that he is healthy. And three months of no hockey is great news for Andrew Ladd. It is great. Uh, He's rehabbed for a while. He's looked okay. He looked fine when he was with the Islanders at the end of the season. And he's got to show that he can play, right? Like He's got motivation to show people that... Because Lou's looking to move this guy. He's looking to move Andrew Ladd. He's going to have to find a new home soon. So what better time to shine than the playoffs? I mean, that is the reason why the Islanders brought him in. Right, exactly. So I'm not saying that he's going to lead the team in offense, but it would be a surprise if Andrew Ladd puts up, I don't know, like if they go 15 games and he puts up seven points, that would be a surprise from Andrew Ladd because I think that's how many points he has over the last two years. (laughs) That's so depressing. Oh, man, that's really depressing. At five and a half million per year. <laughs> Can I throw a name in the ring here that you didn't bring up? Yes. I'm going to say Semyon Varlamov. And Ooh. the reason for that is I think he's been decent this year. I wouldn't say he's been phenomenal. I wouldn't say that he's been bad either. I think he's been, you know, pretty, pretty good. But I feel like he's somebody who can get hot. In a series and put up like a, a mod, like have a 940 save percentage for a series or something crazy like that. Yeah, absolutely. So when we were healthy, he was pretty damn good. 
Um, I'm just trying to get my numbers here. Uh, in the 2019 portion of the season, he played 24 games. So the first half of the season, mm-hmm. he played in 24 games and held a 2.21 goals against average and a 920 save percentage. That's great. It was way better than what he ended the year with. With a, I think it was like a 914 and a 286 or something like that. Don't call it. I 262, believe. I think it is. Yeah, I, that, sound, that sounds right. I don't have it in front of me, but that, that does sound right. Something around. It's basically his career average with a, a minor fluctuation. But a 221 and a 920 are great numbers for the playoffs. Maybe not out of this world, but they're mm-hmm. pretty damn good. And that, that could help the Islanders push it through. So I, I, I'm with you there. I think Simeon Varlamov could be a guy um, that, that performs. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up uh, really solid numbers like uh, we saw from Thomas Grice in 2016, and we saw from uh, Robin Leonard, especially in the Pittsburgh series. Yeah, um, do you think they start Varlamov for that first series, or do they start Grice, who's been lights out against the Panthers? No, I think they start Farley. I don't think they want to play around. I, I'm with you too. Like he might have better numbers being Grice, but I really think they stick with Varley just because he was a guy that they went with at the end of the year. Uh, unless Thomas Grice has an outstanding training camp, like blows it out of the water, uh, it's going to be Simeon Varlamov in my books. Yeah, I think it's Varley's spot to lose, and he would have to do significant damage to himself to to lose that job, I think. I 100% agree with you. Um, do we think, so these are the surprise ones, but do we th- think that Jordan Eberle could do the same thing again? Which wouldn't be a surprise if he does it again. But do you think he could be that that top tier producer that he was against like the Penguins? I'd argue probably no. Uh just because he's someone who like we know we know he's he's streaky and and most goal scorers are, but him in particular seems a little bit extra streaky. Uh but he tends to start seasons off slow and get hotter in the second half and with absolutely no momentum at all. I don't know if he's going to be able to get jump started right away i'm glad you said that that's what i was hoping to hear too like he just he's a slow starter maybe that'll be different now um but he's typically a slow starter and usually turns it on like you said at the end uh so we'll see like this is typically the end right so no better time to get hot than in june but uh it's a different scenario altogether right so uh, normally if under regular circumstances i could have said yes he could repeat it especially if he's carrying over some momentum but this is almost like starting a new season with this much time off, so I would argue probably not. No, I'm with you. Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to make sure that the, we toss that in there because it wouldn't, to me, it wouldn't be a surprise if he does it again because he's done it. Um, but it, I don't, I wouldn't put money down on Jordan Everly doing it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you on that. Good. So, Mitch, I don't know if you know this, but. Hockey gets no respect. I do know that, yes. Although I am in Canada, but I still know that the shade gets tossed at at hockey constantly. Absolutely. So we had a couple examples this past week of hockey and then the Islanders getting thrown under the bus in some ways. But uh, let's start with Max Kellerman because that one was on uh, ESPN, which is a little bit more national um, than the the second thing we're going to talk about. And he... Claim that hockey is not one of the four major sports, which I don't buy. I, I don't. I don't buy that. I also. So, what were the top four for him? Obviously, um, football, basketball, 
Major League Baseball, and I think he ranked it. Was it NCAA football and then yeah. ha- and then basketball? Yeah, or was it I flipped? Believe, um, I think he went college football f- fourth. Okay, yeah, right. It's not. It's, it's just college football. Sorry. I get. See, it depends because that's both sports are regional. Like, okay, baseball is a regional sport. Hockey is a regional sport. But same thing with college football because in like the South. That's huge, but in New York, like we don't have a college football team. Nobody really cares about college football in the in the sense that like you you have your team, you watch them week in and week out. Like I don't know if like you're a Mississippi State fan, like but they they live for Mississippi State football. But it, it's not like that because there's so many different options. But I don't know. I would still I would still classify hockey in, in front of that. I would think. So I, I wish I had numbers in terms of revenue, but I'm pretty sure that when you have a couple of teams worth in the billions, like the Rangers, like the Leafs, like the Habs, and I'm pretty sure the Chicago Blackhawks aren't far off of that if they already haven't exceeded a billion dollars. That's four teams that are worth billions. Sure, we have the Arizona Coyotes and the Florida Panthers that aren't worth anything, and the Ottawa Senators that are tanking for some sort of, I don't know, owner draft pick i guess i don't know what's going on there in ottawa or here i should say i'm in ottawa uh it's just not it's not looking pretty at day by day uh but it's a big sport and it's an international sport right like it's not just played here right like people care about hockey in russia they care about hockey in sweden they care about hockey in finland sure enough the, the population doesn't it isn't as big as like the tv audience of football per se Mm-hmm. Um, but I would imagine it's bigger than college basketball that, as far as I know, starts in like January and ends in March or April, I should say. That's it. That's the season. It's a flash in the pan. November, but it does go pretty quick. Is it November? I'm pretty sure it starts in November. Fair enough. I, I'm only saying that because I already I already didn't even notice it existed until like January or something like that. Yeah, it's... That's a tough one, but especially for ESPN, they're so biased towards football and and uh, basketball. Like those are the really the only two sports that they care about. So that's what they talk about the most. So I understand maybe the audience that's tuning into them might not necessarily care about hockey, but I think that the reaction of just hockey fans in general towards Max Kellerman kind of shows the amount of passion that is really there in the hockey community. Yeah, I, I agree totally. Like the, the the passion was there to show, like you can't knock our sport and get away with it. Um, but it also maybe puts it back on his radar to be like, all right, well, there's they're pretty vocal, so like there's quite a bit of them. All right, cool. I know he won't, he won't change. I know Colin Colin Cowherd came in and said like he's not wrong, and whatever Colin Cowherd sounds like, I don't really listen to he's him. Pretty close. Is it all right? Fair enough. Um, kind of champion that as well and like i get it it's not bigger than baseball it's not bigger than football but you also have to factor that football's near saturation i would imagine right like that's why they're creating other leagues because they're trying to siphon some of that off i mean i shouldn't say it's that saturation if they're creating other leagues that doesn't really fit um so i don't know i'm gonna, the I'm other gonna back down on that real your... quick i'm gonna back down on that real quick <laughs> i'm not gonna go somewhere i don't want to go <laughs> i was gonna say the the other leagues have folded pretty quick the aaf didn't even make it through a season i don't think and and the xfl is done again for the second time that's true i was talking in a circle there and i'm glad i stopped myself instead of saying something stupid um but it's it's clear that the nhl is not 
football. It is not baseball. It is not basketball. It really isn't. And basketball will soon take over football, in my opinion. It really will. It's a more consumable sport. You can clearly see players. Uh, you have to pay fewer players, right? So, like, you can have all these supplemental, or, yeah, supplemental leagues like the G League and the whatever others. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just makes it a lot easier from a talent perspective, even. Uh, and it's just more marketable. Uh, whereas hockey... I don't think it'll ever be the most popular sport, but I think it needs to be considered a top four sport. I really do. Because, again, it, it encompasses a lot of huge markets in North America, not only just in the U.S., but in Canada, which can't be ignored. Sure, we have, like, the population of California, but we're still a pretty big market when it comes to that. No, no, no absolutely. And when you look at, you know, the, the Maple Leafs, especially because that team just seems to get so much attention – you know, nationally, but but here even too, like their big focus for the entire league, not just in Canada. Well, again, they're worth a billion dollars. How many basketball teams are worth a billion dollars? Probably quite a few of them, but there's also some that aren't. So you you, you have to look at like there's there's value in this league. There's a lot of value in this league. Uh, so you can't ignore it. You just can't. Then to say like it's not important is just kind of like all right. You're just trying to be provocative to be provocative here. Yeah, which that show is. So I'm not really too surprised the second one that came out this week was the new york post ran an article where it was taking from from zero to 99 the best player in new york sports history to wear that number and for number 22 the new york post selected dave debusher over mike bossy now i want to preface this by saying that this isn't a knock on dave debusher i think he He's a really good Knicks. I'm not a big basketball guy, but he's a Knicks legend. He won a, two championships with the Knicks. I get it. Just two? Yeah, two two with the Knicks. Okay, all right. Well, I think my, our boy's got double that, doesn't he? That's what I was going to say. He has four. They have the same amount of all-star appearances, which is eight, I'm pretty sure. But when you look at Bossy's career – and what he was able to do in 10 years versus DeBusher's career. And I think he only spent six with the with the Knicks. And on top of that, like, I, I was trying to gauge, like, okay, so where did the, both of those players rank in their individual sports in terms yeah. of, like, all-time ranking? So I found a Bleacher Report article, and I know these things are, you know, pretty subjective, but it was ranking the top 100 players in the, in the NBA and the NHL. So Mike Bossy came in at 10th all-time in, in NHL players. Dave DeBusher came in 88th in, for NBA. That's not, again, not a knock on DeBusher at all. To be a top 100 player in NBA history is really, really good. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason, but he is not on the same level as Mike Bossy. Am I crazy here, Mitch? No, no. Well, sorry, I don't know Dave DeBusher at all until, until this thing. I, I don't follow basketball whatsoever. Um, and that doesn't mean that he shouldn't immediately factor in because I know who Mike Bossy is over Dave DeBusher. But when you just consider championships, you consider also impact on the sport. So, like, championships is impact to the region because that's the, the crux of the article, right? Is to say yep. who is a better New York athlete. And you're going, all right, well, this guy won four championships to the city, whereas your other boy did two. Already, we're at double. So, good job. He also won 19 playoff series big deal um and 
he wasn't just like a passenger on that train. He was the the, the lead conductor, one of the three lead conduct four lead conductors driving that train to 19 playoff series wins and four championships. He wasn't only instrumental for that team, but he was impactful for the sport, right? Like his impact was not only New York based, but it was NHL based. And I don't think Dave DeBusher has the same impact. I really don't. No. I'm sure he's a Hall of Famer, like you said, but his impact is not as great as Mike Bossy's, as far as I know. No, like you could still argue to this day like that Mike Bossy is in, you know, uh, you can count on one hand how many better uh, pure goal scorers there are than Mike Bossy. What, maybe at worst, top three? Yeah, at worst. And that's if you're like, well, I, I want to give Gretzky because he's, he's got the volume. That's it. That's the only argument you can make. Yeah, Gretzky and Ovechkin. Like, I don't, I don't know how many other names for pure goal scorers there's going to be on that list. That's it. That's the list. Yeah, and that's and that's the absolute worst. I think you can make a pretty strong case that he's the best of those three. Even exactly, exactly. Whereas Dave DeBusher isn't the best score or, or whatever you want to call a guy to score buckets. I don't know what you call it. I don't watch basketball uh, in ever, like ever, ever, right? Like he's not the greatest shooter ever. I'm sure he was a fine shooter, not the greatest. Right. And also like when you, you could break this down even further and just look at impact on the team, like I'd argue, I know that you can make the case for a couple different guys for the Islanders, but I'd argue that Mike Bossy is the best Islander of all time. Dave DeBusher is definitely not the best Nick of all time. No. Wasn't Patrick Ewing the best one of all time? You could say like Patrick Ewing, you know, Walt Clyde Frazier, guys like that. Again, I'm not a big <laughs> basketball guy, but um Walt Frazier, yeah, okay, fair enough, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, so um that I don't know. I, I would say he's probably a, a top five Nick of all time, I would say. that's probably a pretty fair estimate. But with with Bossy again, at worst maybe Two, I would say maybe you could argue that Dennis Bobbin is a better Islander, but I would I'd lean Bossy. I, again, I would maybe say third, Trottier. I don't know why I pronounce it that way. Trottier, Potve, and then Bossy. At worst, at worst is what I'm saying. But still, like the impact on the team, the impact on the region, and the impact on the sport was greater for Mike Bossy than Dave DeBusher. Sorry, Dave DeBusher fans. Yeah, uh, I just didn't. That one really bothered me. There weren't any other Islanders on the list. I think uh, Butch Goring might have shared ninety-one. Okay, that's fair. What about number? What about Denny Potvin? He didn't make it, obviously. No, Joe DiMaggio. Oh, which yeah. I, I would say that that that's I was okay fair. with that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, anyway, we'll move on from there. It sucks, but it's the New York Post, right? Like that kind of like par for the course, right? Yeah, that's kind of very on brand. Yeah. All right, so care to get into the quiz? Yes. So, like you know, this player has played 47 games for the Islanders, Matt. Uh, I will ask you, or I will give you five clues. They get okay. progressively easier as we go to discern, to, to figure out who this player is. I don't know why I'm trying to make up words here. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Clue number one. I was the fifth overall pick in 2003. Wait, let me just make sure I've got that right, because I thought it was something else. And then I'm reading this out like I'm Ron Burgundy, so I'm hoping I'm not reading a typo. Uh, no, it is indeed fifth overall in 2003. I had it right. No typos. Okay, next. I have a total of 789 points in 1,029 NHL games. 
Thomas Vanek. Whoa, wowee! Yeah, <laughs> let's go! Good job, you did it! All right! In two! Wow, good job. There was only him who's played 47. I didn't check the goalies. I didn't get to that level, but uh, he's the only one who played 47 games. So clearly my clues were too easy here. Um, three, I made second team all-star in my second year in the league. Uh, okay. Number four, my stint with the Isles was one of my most successful, but was sadly short-lived. I think that one may have given it away at worst. Yeah. And then what was the fifth one? Like rhyme I didn't want to go to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, also true. That would have given it away easily. Wow. All right. I'm proud of myself. I've been on Good a roll job. the last That's three twice weeks. now, right? You get you did three last week. Now you did two this week. Good job by you. Yeah, killing the game. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending around the Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 147. Getting into the social segment now. Mitch, what do you got for us? Um, this is from at did the Isles win something they tweeted on June 4th and it says, which hashtag Rangers logo do you guys prefer the current logo or the original 1926 logo hashtag play like a New Yorker hashtag Isles. And it's two pictures. The first picture is of a plastic garbage can. You know, the ones that you have on the street that you can kind of like open the top and, it, and it's yeah, got yeah. wheels. And the second picture is a steel garbage can. <laughs> I'm more of the plastic guy myself, but uh <laughs> I'm OG. I used to have one of those when I lived with old roommates, with older roommates. Uh sorry. When I lived with roommates, we had one of these. There, they weren't old, they were my age. We had one of these steel ones. And I remember we were playing Axes and Allies in the kitchen. I don't know if you've ever played that. It takes like two hours to set up. We're playing, and then all of a sudden the lid pops up. No one touched it. We're just sitting here playing Axes and Allies. My like Soviet tanks are coming in. And uh, against a Panzer division or something, and then it just pops, it flies up. We're terrified. We think there's a ghost in the house, and we're we're done playing. Where we pack it in, and we go watch TV, and we just kind of sit and watch like the kitchen from the end of the hall, going like, "There's gonna be a ghost coming out of there." I guarantee it. So you, we never figured out what the cause was of the lid flying off. We did not care to investigate. We got rid of that garbage can. We just left it outside for garbage day, and never and never brought it back inside. It was haunted. <laughs> that, it was, it was, was haunted to us, and that's all that mattered. Okay. That always, I don't know, that just reminds me of, like, cartoons the, uh, the, with that, like, or Oscar the Grouch. He's <laughs> in, that's basically what he's in. He lives in that. That's right. That's his home. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, mine is from Buddy Rob Tob on Twitter, says, uh, on June 8th, Seeing this rendering of the Isles future home at Belmont for the first time, this whole image looks spectacular. And I know this is not a visual platform, but it's an outside look of the arena with like the train and stuff in there. It looks like an absolute palace, Mitch. It does. It it looks great. Like that rendering doesn't look very fake. Like it's a kind of like sunsetty thing. It just mm-hmm. looks like it's there's a game going on in the playoffs, right? Like this isn't you're not going to the game and the sun is out in November. Right, you're not going to the game when the sun is out in February. This is very much May June weather here, and it looks fantastic. Love it. It really does, and it has like the a very old fashioned vibe, which I think fits with like the the Belmont racetrack and and stuff like that. So aesthetic wise, it's it's very appealing to the eye. Exactly, I I love it. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. It's going to be more expensive, but whatever. I'm down. 
Absolutely. What do you got? Um, so this is from at uh, Melamania. Sorry, Melarmania. Sorry, twenty two. Okay, so am I the only one who noticed on the Islanders logo that the eye is pointed to Belmont Park, and it's it's got like a a screen grab of Long Island and then of the mm. Islanders logo. We know it's not, but it's you. You can I can see how you make the case, uh, and I, I'm sure she's not being very serious about it. But like it's it's, it's a fun tongue in cheek type of move. I mean, it's relatively close because it's pointing to Uniondale, and it's just what like ten, ten miles west yes. on the same so, street. Like, on on a logo, it it it's very close, right? So like, we could just we could just say it's Belmont now. It's right there. It's it's pretty close. Let's just assume that's what it was. They meant it all along, all the way back in 1972. They knew. Yeah. They knew in 2020, or eventually they would be in Belmont. Yeah, that just. Planning ahead, that's all. <laughs> Long-term goals. Uh, my next one is from Jay Fresh, who does uh, hockey analytics. And this is actually, it came out last week, but it just came across my timeline today. So I wanted to talk about it. And he says, this is besides the point of his excellent statement, talking about Hosang's statement that he put out on social media. But it is absolutely stupid that Josh Hosang isn't an NHL regular right now. And he has a screen grab of some... Uh, advanced stats like Gar. War is a big one that I feel like is a little bit more consumable. So his war in 17, 18, and 19 was 1.6, 1.1, and 2.5. The 2.5 was 88 percentile. That's huge, right? Like, and it's... I don't. I, I can't imagine anyone saying he doesn't belong in the NHL. Oh, his turnovers are too high. All right, fine. They are high, but there are a lot of players whose turnover rates are high. But if they can convert those chances when they go up the ice with the puck into scoring chances like he does, that is a good thing. Like we heard this argument with Eric Carlson all the time. He turns it over too much. He's an elite defenseman. Who cares? He's going to create more than he gives up. That's how it works. That John Tavares, same thing, right? Creates more than he gives up. He gives it up a ton, at least once per game, but he creates a ton. Yeah, and then right under that, he talks about um, the offensive and defensive goals above replacement percentile. And in 16, 17, 17, 18, it's really high offensive and very low defensive. And then he he's making a joke where it's like the Islanders are like, hey, we need you to stop being offensive and figure out the defensive game. And then in 18, 19... He's up very, very high for defensive goals above replacement percentile, and then it's very low on offense, and then he's like, that's it, you're off the team, is how he ends the tweet. Yeah, you can't make, you can't generate offense and play defense? Unbelievable. Like, some guys need time to figure that out. When your game is primarily offense, adding in defense and a Barry Trotz defense into the mix just isn't going to work. It's just not how it's, it's, it's going to happen. Right, so uh, I know it's, uh, it, it sometimes comes off like we're beating a dead horse with Hosang, but these analytics were a little bit jarring, so I just wanted to share. It's important to bring up, because we, we can't forget that he's still on the books. Like, we still own his rights. Until we don't sign him to a qualifying offer or give him a qualifying offer, he's ours. And if he's ours, we might as well try to use him. Why the hell not? 
What do you have to gain by sending him away? Because he likes to give a quote to the media. Guess what? That's an evolving part of hockey. That's going to be a, a, a staple for just about every player going forward. Because the guy speaks his mind. Unbelievable. What a jerk. Yeah, I um, I mean, this one never made a whole lot of sense. But, you know, after, you know, the last week or so, uh, you know, more more comments have uh, come out in in Hosang's favor, and uh, this one, well, it, it just you know shows you with analytics what he can do. Yeah, things that you're not necessarily seeing right away, things outside of the takeaways or yeah, the giveaways, I should say. It sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. So th- that was it for me. Did you have anything else? I got nothing else. It has not been a very busy week on social media. That's for sure. No, not in the Isles realm anyway. No. That's maybe a good thing. Hopefully. (laughs) We don't want it too busy because that means there's there's some drama going on. Absolutely. So a couple of plugs in here before we go. Wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Also, if you could follow along with us on social media, that would be a big help at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is at TLO Mitch. You could also follow on Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can download our app available for iPhone or Android or visit the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Last but not least, you could also check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. We're about to record the mailbag show right after this. You get the mailbag. You get two live streams a week. You get two other podcasts on a specific topic in depth for about 25 minutes to a half hour in depth on a topic. We can't really do it, you know, go super in depth on one thing on this. We like to, you know, hit on multiple storylines and talking points. So it's a little bit different. It's a great community of Islanders fans and uh, definitely worth checking out. Right, Mitch? Absolutely. There's a ton of content, daily stuff going up, sometimes multiple times per day. Uh, Just get in on that. Do it now. Patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us on episode number 147. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.